Well, Ethan, you know what they say. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me right back in. They pull me right back in. And here we are. We're, we're, we've been pulled back in underneath the undertow. Uh, this is episode 21 of the Grunge Bible Podcast. Thank you all for joining us today. Uh, we are recording this on Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. Um, Ethan, how's your Wednesday? Uh, so far, the hump day has been going well. Three days down of work. Uh, I've been been toiling away the last couple of weeks trying to, you know, um, occur or procure some income, some money to to have. So that's been good. It's always nice when you work uh, work out. It's been hot. It was really hot last week, and this week it it's been a little bit cooler. Actually, it was like sixty five this morning. I think. Oh, that's right in the wheelhouse. Yeah. So for those who are listening, I do some tree work. I usually end up doing some manual labor during the summer. So out outside most of the day. So it's nice when it's um, you know, breezy and cool, but yeah, it's not bad. How about your Wednesday, Chris? How are you? Yeah, today's today's pretty standard issue. Uh, this been this been a good week so far. I don't actually. Um, I feel pretty good. What's up? I was just actually, you know what it is. I do find myself a little more tired, and I know I know why because so the Olympics are going on right yes. now. Me and Chris, we were talking about it, and we we're going to talk about it more. But it's obviously happening in Tokyo, so they are thirteen hours ahead of us. I think somewhere in that realm. It's a significant guess, yeah. chunk, yeah. It's 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 twelve hours. So they compete in the morning at night for them, which turns out to be for us like between eight and ten o'clock or eight and eleven o'clock at night and then they Yeah, also like their their mornings at, are our nights and their nights are our yeah. mornings. So we are staying up late and then waking up at six AM to watch these various events that we love and I know that we've talked about it. It's a perfect schedule. It's amazing. So I think I'm getting tired because I'm waking up I'm staying up later and waking up earlier and just expending energy to like pay attention to these events. Yeah, no, absolutely because I've I, I know I've had um a couple of the weightlifting weight class uh weight classes for the weightlifting competitions and you know they'll they'll step out on the platform at like four fifty five in the morning local time or I guess uh East Coast US time and it's like oh shit like I kind of want to get up for that, but it's like you were just up until eleven thirty watching the, you know, the prelims of the four hundred meter hurdles and track and field, and it's just, you know, it's always the the funny thing for me, and and this goes for for this thing, and uh, you know, just life in general, it is always shocking to me when I am tired after getting minimal sleep. It's like I don't learn my lesson, and it's like I, I'll burn the candle at both ends and be like, why is there no candle left to burn? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, why am I so tired? I do everything yeah, right. We do everything right. But honestly, I feel pretty good. I would expect that I would be more tired. Um, check back with me in a week, though. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got a normal yeah, work it's week like- going on. Uh, I'm running a half marathon this weekend, but additionally, I have some business decisions I have to make, Ethan. Um, Friday, uh, the day this podcast will drop, uh, Modest Mouse is playing in Boston. I feel like oh. I need I feel like I need to go. So that's Friday night. It's like an hour and a half away. And then I'm supposed to run a half. Well, I am running. I'm running a half marathon on Sunday, which would be, I think, August 8th. Um, but then Sunday night, I think a lot of people listening are going to give me shit for this. But the Counting Crows are also playing. They're playing in <laughs> Boston on Sunday night. So I have some Holy decisions. Holy shit. You could have a, you could have a, a weekend. I could have myself a weekend, man. Uh, so I don't have tickets to either show yet. I only have I only have uh, the, the half marathon, which I've paid to do. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to figure out. I think I should do both of them, right? I think so too. I mean, you've been you've they've been on your radar for a long time, correct? Yeah, and you never you never know, man. 
You never know. And they're only, I mean, I guess bands do get better later, but like they're, they're as young as they'll ever be. So, mm-hmm. if, you know, if you're going to get some, some, I don't know. And it's after a, a COVID year of no touring, they could be really jacked up and ready to tour. I yeah. Think that, I, I, yeah, yeah, I think you ought to pull the trigger. The problem is, would you be doing these both alone? Do you think you can get some? I think uh, I think it's too late. In? It might be too late. Um, but additionally, um, they're like the same band in the sense that, I, from what I've read, um, both Isaac Brock yes. and Adam Duritz, uh, to put mm-hmm. it to put it one way, are uh, very inconsistent. Um, it's like the mm-hmm. Forrest Gump box of chocolates type situation going on. You don't know, you know, which which Isaac Brock or which Adam Duritz yeah. you're gonna get. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, they're, they're the youngest they'll ever be and I'm the youngest they'll ever be. So t- the clock's ticking. I feel like, I feel like a trigger needs to be pulled for, for both of these. So I'll, I'll be interested. Check back next week on, uh, episode yeah. 22. If I decide, if I decide to go to one, both or neither. I'm putting money, I'm putting money on at least one show. I'm, 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 I'm banking. Yeah. Which, I'm banking which one do you one think show. I would go to? I don't want. I don't know if I want to, uh, you know, sway <laughs> you, you one way or my not. Opinion. <laughs> but my guess, my guess would be you'd go. Oh, oh that's tough. Because I'm trying to think if you would want to, you know, preserve your energy and and go to the concert after, or if you'd be too dead after a marathon. Well, that's my dilemma. Rather, I think I'll feel. I think I'll feel okay after the half marathon. I think I'll feel pretty good. So yeah, I think that you'd probably run better, obviously, if you didn't go to a concert the day before. But maybe the concert would just be indoors. Yeah, but then again, exactly. It all depends. Maybe the venue has something to do with it too. But. Yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll have to check in with that. But as you said, in the spirit of the Olympics, um, I think there's no better time than now than to uh, we're going to get into the grunge Olympics uh, today. Let's do it. I'm excited <clears throat> for that. But before before we hop into that, we have a very special announcement. Um, so as you you all know by now. This podcast is brought to you directly uh, by our top-level supporters on Patreon, and we have a new member of that faction. Uh, so we want to we want to shout out. Uh, Absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, we want to shout out an individual named Sue, who um, after last week's podcast episode uh, decided to join the cause. Um, so Sue, I raise my glass to you. Um, thank you so much. And Sue is joining. Um, Release Jade Mercado, Sonny Mashburn, Alexis Shannon, Victor Schaefer, and Shannon Gorgone. So our top level tier now has seven individuals that are a part of it. So to you seven, uh, thank you as always, and welcome aboard, Sue. Uh, I'm I'm hopeful and I'm and I'm grateful for your support, and I'm hopeful that you're enjoying the podcast, and um, uh, we hope to uh, keep bringing it to you every single week. Yeah. We have keep more pe- we have more people in the fold now, so the pressure's on. We can't disappoint anybody. I know. I, I, this episode is dedicated to Sue then. Yeah, this because, is all about Sue, so I hope Sue yeah. likes this episode. Yeah, so do I. I wonder, what, I wonder what Sue's favorite band is. I don't know. If you had to guess, what, what would you guess? I think I think Sue might be a Stone Temple Pilots girl. Oh, yeah. Do you think that, yeah, the recent episode? Yeah, we had a recent her? episode about Scott <laughs> and about the Stone Temple Pilots, so maybe, maybe that was what pushed the ball over the goal line. She was like, you know what? Now is the time to support. Well, the finally, Bible they podcast. did STP. I'm <laughs> yeah. in. We've been waiting for a long time. That's incredible. Thank you again, everybody, all seven of you, um, the magnificent seven. So absolutely. All right. So yes, we are in the middle of the actual Tokyo Olympics, but we're going to do something. We're just going to kind of just kind of attach bands and and members of of uh, our favorite bands and to what 
event we think they should be a part of, right? Or how are we going to do this, Chris? Yeah, so this is basically the episode that everybody needs that nobody knew that they needed. I mean, it's topical. (laughs) Um, Hopefully, it will be interesting. Uh, We got to strike while the iron's hot. I mean, the Olympics come around once every four years, the Summer Olympics, at least. Uh, I I personally am not the biggest proponent of the uh, the Winter Olympics, um, but Summer Olympics, right up my alley, obviously. uh, well, I'm I'm a retired track and field athlete. You are currently a track and field athlete, so this is this is the pinnacle of the sport that we've you know dedicated a lot of our time to. So nice little crossover episode. So we've got a list of the sports uh, that are contended at the Summer Olympics, and basically <clears throat> it's kind of like a fantasy draft in the sense that Ethan, I think I think we need to have some discussion. You know, yeah. with within each discipline, within each athletic event, and we can draft a member of grunge lore. And decide which nice. one is going to compete in that event. Is this a uh, one and done draft? We can't use, you know, oh, see, we can't do. See, I, I can you know, go Lane back and Staley forth on that because, because that's the thing. Like, there's definitely some people out there that can wear many hats. Um, I think yeah. we could try to avoid it, but if one comes up that it's a match, I mean, it's people it, switch events it's, in the Olympics. It's, yeah. it's, been, it's been done before. I mean, you have uh, like Lolo Jones doing the bobsled, and then right. you know being a, a very prodigious hurdler. So I mean, we can do whatever we want. And not only that, if Lane Staley's good at you know archery and swimming, then I mean, he might as well compete at both, right? Fuck it. Yep. Exactly. So All right, give me. Let's let's do it. Give me. Uh, yeah, I, give me I, the first round. <clears throat> so the first round, I think we need to draft a uh, at least one, maybe a couple basketball players, and and I have I have I have a pick <laughs> that I already know uh, who 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 would be on my Olympic basketball team. Okay, all right. I I have one as well, and it's you. You go first though, because uh, you brought this in. So who 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 is your first pick for the Team USA? Are we doing Team well, USA? This this is his country of origin, so I guess Team USA, and that would <laughs> be all. that would be bass guitarist Jeff Amon. I am selecting oh, Jeff. Shit. Yeah, I select Jeff <laughs> Amon. Amazing. <laughs> the sole reason uh, he's a big basketball fan, and I would just I'd like to hope that some of that fandom can manifest itself into actual skill. Um, I know the Pearl Jam guys way back in the day used to uh, they used to play pickup basketball all the time, but I don't think I can draft Eddie Vedder since I believe Ed is only about five feet, seven inches tall. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if Jeff's much taller, but I feel like Jeff has some tenacity. You know, I mean, Jeff would play some great defense. I could see him as like a like a point guard, you know, distributing the ball. Got a real high mm-hmm. IQ for the game. Uh, so I'd, I'd, let, I'd plug Jeff in to, uh, you know, build the rest of my offense around. What about like you? That. So you have one <laughs> locked in already, huh? Yeah, as soon as you said it, I actually thought that I was going to pick the same person you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, om- we well, we, it's not almost, but we almost did because mine is also a bass player. Oh. And it's it's got to be Chris Novoselic oh my of Nirvana. Goodness. The height. I mean, the man is 6'7". <laughs> he, abs- <laughs> he absolutely has the energy and the tenacity, the way that he plays and, and throws his body around. I think he'd be excellent at boxing people out. He'd mm. be really dangerous underneath. I have a feeling that he'd be really bad at free throws. So it doesn't um, matter, though. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why he's my center. Um, Instead so, of hack a shack, you have hack a Chris. <laughs> yeah, hack a Selick. So uh, I, I think, yeah, I just think that he he could. I mean, his height is a 
You know, I, I don't really know of anybody in the grunge scene that's taller than Well, now, six, now seven, that you mention right? it, though, I think, so we both picked bass players. I think we should just fill out the roster because there must be something <laughs> about bass players because I, I could see Ben Shepard dominating the low post. <laughs> I could just see it. I mean, the way he played his bass guitar, like way down at his ankles, just mm-hmm. flailing around. Like he's the kind of guy that you send in to energize your team. Like he's going to foul out within yeah, you know, defensive probably four player. minutes yeah. of game time, but it doesn't matter. You got to play that hard nosed defense. And I think Ben Shepard yeah. would be another guy. I mean, that. Let's let's be real. That is, if you had to pick, you know, if you had to pick a position um, for, I don't know, grunge music to uh, embody, it's the defensive player, the rebounder, the high energy, and probably the chip, the kind of the chippy player who oh, you know, who has who has some uh, experience in the mosh pits at um, you know Lollapalooza and Pink Popper and stuff 100%. like that. You know, they're, they're used to, they're used to body body on body <laughs> sweats. You know. Drinking the sweat of others, so like, yeah, and, yeah. and, and you it's, know, it's kind that of to position that point, that... I think I think the one person we would have to have coming off the bench, it would have to be Mark Arm. You imagine, <laughs> you imagine you're down by like seven in in the fourth quarter, you know, and and you need you need mm-hmm. a spark. Maybe somebody, I I think Mark could probably stroke it from three. Uh, you know, you send him yeah. in there. He's playing some good defense. He's you know, he's talking some trash with the with the with the opponents, with the refs, with whoever. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, and, and I His think teammates. he's be a real spark plug of a player there. Um, I think those are those are some <laughs> some really good good basketball yeah. players. I don't know if any of them uh, you know have any actual physical skill, but um, it doesn't yeah. matter at that point. And then Mookie Baylock is the as uh, Blaylock is the coach. <laughs> we need to bring him bring him out of uh, basketball retirement. I think that would be yeah. a fantastic idea. The next sport that I have, uh, which I believe was recently reinstated to the summer games, is baseball. Uh, America's mm. national pastime. Uh, I'm a big baseball fan. Uh, and my, my selection for... Uh, uh, for a baseball player, and this is actually backed up with uh, historical accuracy, would be Mark Lanigan. So uh, in Mark Lanigan's mm. memoir, uh, he grew up in, in rural Washington, and apparently he was a pretty talented baseball player. I guess he was a pitcher, um, and he was he was really talented. And I guess uh, uh, in his words, you know, if he had if he had you know been <laughs> been into the whole school thing, I guess maybe he could have played college ball somewhere. But uh, I, I just like Mark Lanigan is an intimidating individual to me. Uh, and I think to a mm-hmm. lot of people, I mean, you imagine stepping in, stepping up to the plate and you just see Mark Lanigan on the mound, like peering over his glove with the death eyes staring at you, you know, getting ready to, to pitch to you. That's uh that would be a scary sight. Yeah. He, he could be a pretty nasty pitcher. I think, I think that would be pretty good. A closer maybe. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so, um, for my for my baseball player, I'm gonna go. It's a little left. It's a little uh, a little left or right field or whatever. But because uh, <laughs> I have see, I have in fact seen him play live, and I know that he also has music out. So I'm picking Bronson Arroyo. <laughs> oh, is that, is that I mean, I don't know. He's, he's a he's 20 played. year major league veteran. <laughs> But he's played with Pearl Jam, and he has his own solo music. He does, and, and he, he came out with a cover album full of grunge songs. Yeah, um, so you know what? He has to fit the bill to be able to be drafted. I mean, <laughs> what? I mean, I know he didn't grow up in Seattle. Well, did he? Grow Doesn't up in matter. Seattle? He gives a shit where he grew up. He's a he's he's a, he's a he's a grunge artist apparently, and he's he's a hell of a baseball he played, pitcher. He played with Pearl Jam. He played, he's played with Pearl Jam multiple times. <laughs> yeah. 
I can't I'm say Bronson. that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Bronson Arroyo, the, the man. The one-two punch, Bronson Arroyo gives you eight shutout innings, and then Mark Lanigan comes in to close it out. That would be that would be a, a day for the record books. That's You know what? I was initially inclined to say that that's cheating, but I don't care. That would be that would be amazing. I mean, it's pretty good. And if, if I think, uh, if, if you want me to go more traditional, I think I would actually, since you picked Mark Arman and, and I was thinking about um, intimidating pictures, I would pick um, Kim, Kim Tile. Kim Tyle, from Soundgarden, or, or, Kim yeah, Tile, yeah. Tile, yeah. I'd pick, and I would as well, I, I think that he would be a closing pitcher because he'd yeah. come out with the long hair, as most pitchers do. And uh, and maybe maybe him and Mark could be uh, pitcher and catcher, and they would just switch gloves and then and, you know go to the mound and the plate. I think that's a good strategy. So moving on awesome. to the next sport, um, I have one, and I have never been more sure of a decision in this exercise, uh, and that is uh, weightlifting. So the snatch and mm. the clean and jerk. Um, I want to hear if if there's anybody that yeah. comes to mind first for you, but I think. There is a there is a uh, '90s rock musician out there who I think would be the perfect weightlifter. There's. Let me think. All right, uh, I have one that came to my mind right away, uh, but I'm not sure how good he would be. Uh, this is tough. I was gonna say Buzz Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly who I was going to say, because you can't mess with the king and King Buzzo. (laughs) I think he steps up there. You know, he he gets a hold of that bar. And I don't think I don't think he's dropping that weight. But you know who else I would pick? (laughs) I I would also I think Buzz Osborne would be an excellent. But then also Tad Doyle. (laughs) That that is incredible. Just you can just picture. I mean, I just I just pulled him up because he's a pretty husky lad himself. Yeah, he would be be, be, be in the 109 kilogram weight class. (laughs) um, You know, giving giving Lasha a run for his money there, trying to break that world record. Yeah, I think Tad Doyle um, would probably. I mean, Tad Doyle. There's a good chance that he's probably the strongest musician. You know to come from Seattle because I mean, a lot of these guys, I mean, like Chris Cornell is not going to step up there and be able to clean and jerk, you know, 300 mm-hmm. pounds, for example. I mean, Tad Doyle, I mean, you put him up there. I, I you, you get him in a groove there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that man, I think, I think he'd be the one I, I feel. You like that pick. I think that's a good yeah, pick. I'm, 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 I'm willing I'm, to uh, supplant King Buzzo for Tad Doyle in this, in this instance. I'm trying to. Oh my gosh! Wait a minute. I just I just looked up Tad Doyle and I was going to put in weight, but then weightlifting came up. Is this real? Is he actually a weightlifter? We're doing some real time here. See if we if we had an in studio producer, this is where we would check to them. Um, yeah, but I don't. Probably not. Pro- probably just uh, my phone. Just Maybe somebody else has done talking. the same exercise and they've tabbed Tad uh, to be the uh, the resident weightlifter amongst. We're gonna the run a check back in. Yeah, we'll check back in if I can find something about Tad yeah. Doyle's uh, bench <laughs> <That> bench is... <laughs> press. I think I think my phone was just over listening to our conversation and, and it just probably filled it in. So, um, growing up in the United States, I think one of the uh, Olympic events that has you know been in the national consciousness certainly you know during the era with which we grew up in the mid two thousands and late two thousands has got to be swimming obviously with Michael Phelps and the run that he went on you know I think in two thousand two thousand four oh eight and then twenty twelve um, so in terms of swimming I think there's one obvious choice and it's the man who goes into the flood again right 
Oh yeah, I think it's got to be Lane Staley. I I could see him, you know, maybe maybe some freestyle yeah. or may, maybe some backstroke action going on, and you know, <laughs> it's the same old trip. I mean, swimming is a repetitive motion. Um, technique matters, and I mean, you're jumping into the flood again. Um, I think I, I don't think I don't think it gets any more simple than that. That is that, <clears throat> that's pretty solid. I was thinking Lane. I was thinking Lane for like for some reason I was possibly thinking a sprinting event. Mm-hmm. Or a distance event, like I felt like you know I, I was thinking track and field, but uh, okay. I, I do like the pick for swimming. Um, my swimmer, I was thinking about this, and this was another person I, I might want to use for one of the more obscure uh, um, sports in the Olympics. But I think that uh, the first person that came to my mind was Billy Corgan. <laughs> <laughs> you think <laughs> because, Billy Corgan could hop into the water, huh? Yes, because I'm, I'm picturing him. Uh, you know, because swimmers wear like they wear caps, so they. Can, He's you know, already has a shaved hair. head. Yeah, he already this, has this, a shaved this, head. This, this would be post Siamese dream, Billy Corgan. Obviously, <laughs> um, Gish, yeah. Gish Corgan would not cut it. <laughs> That's exactly right, and I so I just think that he could be. Uh, you know, he's kind of you know he's kind of slick in his ways, and I feel like he could move through the water uh, the same way. So yeah, I have to go you know with Billy Corgan. I, I think I think you're right there. Um, that's. I mean, if we if we could get Lane and Billy together, uh, you know, on on our swim team, I think we'd have we'd have uh, a tremendous amount of success. Um, speaking of you know events that are in the national consciousness here in the United States, um, another one would be gymnastics, obviously. Mm. Um, and I think the low hanging fruit um, in terms of who the the resident gymnast would be gymnast is Eddie. You know, would be Eddie Vedder, obviously, yeah. because of his uh, I think that fits. his theatrics. I, I I think that was a strong candidate. Um, I don't know how he would do on on the beam, but I mean, or the floor routine, but uneven bars. I mean, Ed, that's got Ed's name written all over it. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he practiced in front of hundreds of thousands of people, you know, in the early 1990s during porch. So, you know, what better time than than the Olympics to, uh, you know, get those get those skills back out into the world. Yeah, that's a good one. And and trying to think of anybody else who was anybody else that was notorious for like you know stage diving um, from the era. I mean, I mean uh, nobody nobody like Eddie. Yeah. So Ed, you know the the tumbling and the he could do a great floor routine. I feel. I think uh, so. So yeah, and he's he's you know small like a gymnast in a way. Exactly. Yeah, his, his height would not be uh, an issue for him because. Yeah. Uh, gymnastics is obviously not lent to you know those of the taller stature like i can't see chris cornell hopping on the beam for example um mm-hmm. that's that's probably not going to happen but i think that one's that one's pretty simple um yeah. you know you know in the olympics how they have um competition shooting like oh, yeah. marksmanship there's so there's two individuals that i think uh fit the bill for this one the first would be Jason Everman, who was uh, who was oh, the only person yes. who was in both Soundgarden and Nirvana. He had stints in both of those bands in uh, in the early 1990s, and he was actually uh, pictured on the cover of Bleach for Nirvana. Um, mm. But the reason why I pick him is because after after his music career um, ended, he actually went into the military and served uh, in the military and the special forces for a number of years. So. Obviously, I'm assuming that marksmanship is a skill of his. The other person who I would pick, and there's a little bit of a backstory behind this, I'm putting Dave Abruzis on the team. <laughs> and, oh, I love that. And for those uh, those Pearl Jam connoisseurs, uh, you know, if you're a fan of deep cuts, you know, from Pearl Jam, you know the song "Glorified G," uh, and that song stemmed from a conversation that Eddie Vedder had with Dave Abruzis. Uh, where Dave Abruzis apparently had purchased a gun, and Eddie was like, "What the fuck, man? You bought a gun?" He was like fact i got two of them 
So, you know, you get the opening lyrics, you know, got a gun, you know, in fact, I got two. Um, so apparently Dave Abrazis, at least at the time, was a, an enthusiast of firearms. So I think I think that would be a strong one-two punch in that category. That's good. That's good. Two really strong picks. Um, if I were to pick somebody, for some reason, uh, like I said, just gut reaction, I feel like because of precision and what he does, uh, both on the guitar and with his lyrics, I think that Jerry Cantrell could be super calm up oh, yeah. on that up on the on the the stage and be able to uh deliver some bullseyes i don't really know why i just feel like the precision would be there and he'd be calm cool and collected if there's somebody who i had to pick to represent my team in every single event he's the would, team captain it would be jerry cantrell he's he's so versatile i think he's team usa captain i think like you know they don't always. They usually they don't always pick like the top, like the, maybe the top athlete that's going to bring home all the goals. But they pick the people that have been there before, who've seen exactly. it all, and and who who he's calm you know, under pressure. They, you know, the hand who handles themselves, you know, incredibly well. He's got he, an he, unwavering he hand. Yeah, he represents. I mean, let's let's be honest. He represents grunge in the scene. As I mean, he's he's one of the best. Better than almost anybody else. Yeah, yeah. So he, he is I a think, perfect I example. I think that's yeah. I think we're we're officially going to vote him uh, team captain, Grunge Olympics team captain. So <laughs> you can, I, I've I've been saving the track and field events for last because obviously, okay. yeah. um, you know, I, I I was a hammer thrower and you are a javelin thrower. So I think now is the time uh, that we can get into our, our our favorite area of 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 athletic competition. That would be track and field. Um, so let's, let's start with the high jump because I've got somebody who I think would be a quite, quite the high jumper provided that, you know, they keep their hair up and you know, the, the mm-hmm. hair's not gonna, not gonna pull the bar over okay. and that would be Chris Cornell. A, yeah. Okay. I, I think, say, I think Chris, Chris Cornell, Cornell I mean, he's, he's, he's got the high jump build. Um, something tells me, I, I think he'd, he'd be able to, you know, really, really get some, you know, good technique there and good lean into the bar. Um, doesn't he always wear boots though? Do you think he <laughs> that might that might that might be a limiting factor? Um, the combat boots, um, <laughs> yeah, the and, combat and, boots, and, 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 and the, the baggy and the cargo shorts. <laughs> but he is he is without a shirt too, so maybe we're gonna have to do something about the uniform um, because that's obviously not gonna cut it. Um, so if, yeah. if if we can convince him to get into some high jump spikes, I think the sky is the limit there. I could see him instantly make him into a seven foot high jumper. You know, he could he could probably get over, you know, two meters twenty, you know, within that's, within 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 a short time. I just have some confidence in him. That's good. <clears throat> I like that. I, I I'm uh, I don't really have anybody else that comes to my mind immediately. Chris Chris was the first one that I thought of. I was like, you know, I I, I had the same idea, kind of similar build where it would mm-hmm. just work. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and stick with that too. Yeah. I think that's good. What about Another event that is on my mind because last night uh, we were able to watch uh, Sydney McLaughlin set a new world mm-hmm. record in the 400 meter hurdles. Um, yes. Is there is there anybody that comes to mind who uh, you would draft to be your 400 meter hurdler? And the Norwegian the other night. The, the That's true. Back to back nights. The uh, Carson the Warholm and Sydney McLaughlin breaking world records in absolute stunning form. Um, that's definitely the event of athletics so far. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Um, so totally. for as far as grunge Olympics, 400 meter hurdles. See this one, I, I think I, I kind of said it earlier. This is the one I think that Lane would be really good at. You think so? I, I yeah, I think that Lane would, or like maybe you do like steeplechase or something too. But 
Uh, I, I don't know. I think that he. I think he'd be a good like kind of good endurance runner. Which I know four hundred meter hurdles isn't endur- like that quite endurance, but uh, it's got a high lactate know. threshold. He'd be yeah, able yeah. to uh, you know. And it's like a super ballsy event. Like it's such a, a four hundred meter hurdles is such a hard event to run. Totally. And I think that you know Lane would be the only one when, when asked to do that in in high school. Like who's going to run it? He would be the only one that said I'll do it. So I think that he has the, the gusto to do that event. Or I don't yeah, know. I think you I know. think that's a good call. Um, somebody who, who who I believe would uh, would would be right for the task. Uh, this is this is a little bit outside of the realm of grunge, I think, uh, more grunge adjacent. But that would be Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth. Mm, um, yeah. I, I just think Kim's got the perfect combination. Um, you know everything that you would need, and you know, she, like you said, you have to have some gusto to get into the four hundred hurdles. I mean, the four hundred meter sprint is a is a tough enough event on its own and then when you add the hurdle aspect to it you know i think i think kim is a very you know confident collected individual and and i think you know she'd be able to toe the line with the best of them uh for the 400 meter hurdles yeah and her uh you know obviously sonic sonic youth has i think the correct band and the connotations um, of speed going on yes exactly exactly so i think that's a great pick yeah I would agree with that. So we, we've done the high jump. Um, what about the pole vault? Yeah, again, I mean, first first thought, not being afraid of heights. I would. I mean, Eddie would be a good one. Uh, he's a little short, so let me think. Yeah, this is this is a tough one because obviously or C- Cornell could be a good uh, yeah, pole vault. Because, I feel because the, the the pole vault. I, I mean, it's it's such a unique event, and in my opinion, I think. You know, two of the most technical events in track and field would be the pole vault and then the hammer thrower. I think with the javelin throw shortly, you know, shortly behind that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's got so many elements to it. You know, that fearlessness aspect. Um, you know, just general athleticism, speed, acceleration, core strength. Um, so, you know, that leads me to the core strength aspect. Kind of leads me down the uh, the avenue of the bassists, obviously. Uh, you know, with just especially you got someone like Ben Shepard. You know, whole, the way that he held his base, I mean, his core had to have gotten strong over that time period. Um, but I, I just I just don't know if he has what it takes. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, what I think does have what it takes, though. Who's that? Matt Cameron. Matt Cameron. You know what? <laughs> Honestly, think, I think Matt I think Cameron's our, Matt Cameron is our pole vaulter because you I don't know why. It. But the like there's like I just think that he has incredible like endurance and speed and like. His like his coordination obviously is going to yeah. be incredible. Yeah, so I mean, you're you're exactly right. This is perfect <laughs> because you you figure the pole vault. I mean, the attention to detail. Same thing with drumming. I mean, you're 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 choreographing the entire thing. I mean, you're a part mm-hmm. of that battery there with the bassist. I mean, nothing happens without you. And, yeah. And you have to you have to attack it. And and honestly, when you're you're sitting <laughs> you're, you're sitting on the bandstand behind those drums, I mean, that is a physically demanding exercise and, and and i mean matt's been doing it for for 35 years for three hours a night you know yeah. three 300 nights a year you know what you use your legs you use your arms yeah your your chest yeah. is, everything everything is involved and i think and pole vault is exactly that it uses so many different things so yeah just it makes sense you know there's no other way to put it it's just matt cameron is a pole vaulter in another world <laughs> absolutely i think i i think you're right um I like that. I like that pick a lot because I, I yeah. wasn't I wasn't sure where to go with that one, but I think Matt <laughs> Matt Cameron's our guy for the pole vault. <laughs> yeah, <That's laughs> I would I would I would love to find out if any of these individuals did 
you know, did any of the Olympic events recreationally, like in high school or something. Mm-hmm. I imagine some of them must have had to, um, yeah, in, in their yeah. youth. I mean, just like everybody, I think most people, you know, at least in the States probably grow up having played or experimented with a sport at some time. Um, so let's move in. I, I think we've been field event heavy, but I don't care because we're field event guys. Um, I have two picks for the shot put, um, and, <laughs> and <laughs> they're both, um, they they both are were they would be able to um you know move their mass you know in into the ball to be able to get some good throws in and they're actually the uh the Connor brothers from the screaming trees i mean those guys <laughs> those are some those are some some big dudes you know they were able to move their weight around the stage get some big sounds out of you know out of their instruments and and i think you put them in the in in the circle i think they would be gliders i don't know if they would rotate um so you know bring it throw it back, you know, maybe 20, 30 years, which mm-hmm. would be topical, uh, you know, because of the trees were obviously at their height in the early nineties when there were still some, you know, notable shot put gliders that were around. Um, so I, I think I would pick the Connor brothers for the shot put. Oh, that's good. That's funny. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the yeah, other, the I, other I, choice I would obviously be Tad Doyle. Tad Doyle. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I think Tad Doyle, uh, we would double up, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe, Maybe, yeah, maybe Buzz Osborne could do it. I'm trying to think if there's somebody else that really sticks out. I even said, I was thinking maybe Chris because he was so tall. Yeah. Um, Chris, Chris, Chris might be a good discus thrower because he's, mm. he's got he's got those long levers. I That's mean, his, true. His arms, I mean, like standing there, his arms would like fall all the way down to like below his knees. So, I mean, that would be that would be a potentially a good event for him. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody somebody who we haven't given an event yet to. Well, there's a few. I just thought of another one. I thought of Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Know, we we have Dave Grohl. Has, I know. His, he's still on the board. Um, I know. And so is the other person that is, the I guess, the grand finale where we're going to put uh, Kurt on our lineup. <laughs> exactly. So, But I think, Grohl, I think Grohl would also be a pole vaulter. Him and Matt Cameron. Think, I mean, Grohl's together. crazy. He's a crazy yeah. bastard. He's fearless. Nirvana, yeah, Nirvana Grohl is... You know. That's true because you, I mean, you could draft Nirvana Grohl, but also Foo, Foo Fighters Grohl. You know, there, there's a little bit of a difference there. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and, if, and if Jerry Cantrell is our team captain, I think Dave Grohl would probably <laughs> be the alternate captain, uh, you know, yeah. just because of his experiences and everything. But I mean, you know, looking at the list you sent, I bet you that Dave Grohl could be, well, I think a really good handball player. You think so? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, because of the way he flails his arms like as a drummer mm-hmm. and so like he he would put his like symbols up really high so he'd have to like reach up. Yeah. But I think he's got some good shoulder action. And he certainly, um, I mean, with Dave Grohl you don't have to worry about, you know, competitive nature. I think Grohl Dave would yeah. be able to hop into mm-hmm. anything. And another sport that comes to mind for Dave, um and this might be a little out there, but I think I would feel okay about sticking him into the judo competition. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I was literally going to say, yeah, judo or fencing. I could yeah. see him like, I don't I know just why. think Grohl would thrive at those things that are a little bit out of the mainstream. You know, mm-hmm. he'd make them his own and he'd bring a lot of attitude to it. And I mean, I just think he'd be the perfect pick for something like that. So he's another guy that, you know, a utility well, player. Yeah, they're both, it's because it's one-on-one, you know what I mean? I think yeah. that's... <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh, I like those picks for Dave Grohl. Absolutely. So the the other you know large fish that's still on the board is Kurt Cobain. I don't think we've tabbed him for anything yet. And and should and we? Kurt, Kurt's should we di- do that now or should we? Yeah, I'll do it now. I, he's a he's difficult to uh, to place because you know so much of Kurt's brand, if you want to call it that, lowercase b, would be 
I mean, just being so utterly disinterested with so many things. And, um, and, and I know, you know, he's on record at, as, you know, saying how turned off he was just by like the whole hyper masculine thing in sports, you know, for better, for worse can often be that. Um, but I, I, I do think, you know, beneath all of that, you know, if I think he would be best in a team atmosphere, I think, um, you know, to, so maybe maybe we could stick him on on a soccer field or something like that. I think I think he might be a good midfielder because once again, I mean, a midfielder you're distributing the ball and Kurt. You know, at least what he said. You know, he didn't love being in the spotlight, for example. So I mean, he wouldn't be a he wouldn't be a forward. He wouldn't be a striker scoring all the goals. I could see him a little bit more of a behind the scenes action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm not sold on that, Kurt. Kurt, yeah. on, Kurt on the pitch. <clears throat> I, uh, I, for some reason, I, I really, I feel like two things. One, I know he doesn't like to be in the mainstream, but I feel like he wouldn't necessarily, well, originally I thought that he could be head, the head cheerleader and I'm, there's no Olympic event for cheerleading, but I feel like he would love to be a part of the team, but he would, he would defer all of his events and just be, <laughs> he would be, he would be like, a, I don't know, lead the cheer squad and would love it. Could be the um, athletic trainer too. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think that he That's would carry the out the scenes. I think he would carry out the flag and maybe even light the torch. Yeah, you know, I think he would do uh, the other stuffs, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that and he just would be so utterly disinterested by the act of competition. <laughs> and and Kurt Kurt was Kurt was interesting too because I mean what what he said about you know not buying into that and not wanting to be at the center of attention. But I mean, I've I've heard a lot of people you know compare and contrast what he said with you know the trajectory that the band took and you know some of the things that Kurt obviously did to to get there. I, I you know I I think. I think there's a lot, you know, inside everybody, there's something inside everybody that, you know, wants to explore fame and, you know, at least maybe experience it. So, so I, I don't, I truthfully don't know how much of it, you know, he hated or, you know, if he hated being a commercial success, for example, I mean, you certainly, you don't have control over it after a time, but yeah, I I think out of everybody, he's the hardest one to, to, to find a place for, um, yeah, it's just it's just really tough to find. Yeah, because <clears throat> I, I I don't see him I don't see him as a as a sprinter or I can't I can't know. see him running I can't picture the man running. Yeah, what Dude. do you think What do you think about Pat Smear? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, Pat Smear uh, was in Nirvana, man. <laughs> Pat Smear people forget Pat Smear was in Nirvana. People forget. That's oh man, what could Pat Smear do better than everybody? Uh, I think Pat Smear would be a hell of a tennis player. Mm, yeah. I could okay. see I could see him in there. Maybe yeah, maybe maybe maybe, du- maybe doubles like Pat Smear with Kurt or something like that. You get a doubles match or golf, <laughs> you know. Cuz yeah, I, I I could see him golf. Yeah, I could I could totally see that. Um Yeah, that's I I mean he's I, he's he's got to have a place somewhere. Yeah, maybe maybe on a horse, maybe equestrian. Yeah. Pat Smear, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to, he's yeah, a wild I'm trying card. To you, you don't know. You just don't know. Yeah. You don't know with him. Um, so two events that we haven't gotten to, and uh, as the resident javelin thrower, and quite a good one at that rate, I want to get your opinion. If you could draft somebody to be a javelin thrower from the world of grunge rock, um, mm. is, is there somebody that comes to mind that you just think would have it? Uh, because you obviously <sighs> you know the event very well. Uh, you've thrown it for many, many years at this point. Um, and it's, you know... Javelin is it's a unique combination, obviously, yeah. of speed, strength, acceleration, precision, um, you know, technical acuity. Yeah. 
This is this is a difficult one. So I mean, you you look for it all around. See, we need an all around athlete. So an all around musician, or somebody with really yeah really crazy good energy. I'm saying, let's see. Or uh, oh, it's tough. First first thought um, because you said him earlier. I I did think maybe Ben Shepard. Yeah. He is. He's a uh, you know six four. I just looked that up. He's six four. So he's pretty tall. These bassists are tall. Um, they are. That's tough. I, I, yeah, I feel like, yeah, Ben Shepard would be pretty good because they play some really heavy music. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. Yeah. Who did you think for Javelin? For I'm Javelin, sorry, to not, I, I'm sorry I, not to not to not give some uh, a grandiose like perfect answer yeah, for this one, some, but it's kind of tough. Yeah, something's calling me back to the Pearl Jam camp. I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to get a javelin in Mike McCready's hand, or maybe Stone Gossard's <laughs> hand. Um, you know. Okay. I think, I think a young Stone Gossard. You know, I mean, you, you put, you put Stone in '92. Yeah. You know, at the Barcelona Olympics in 1992, <laughs> and maybe you know, you know, he's pushing, he's to, pushing Jan's Lesney a little bit. He had know? to compete against Jan's Lesney. I really. Um, oh no! I just. I just blanked. Uh, I just had somebody. Crap. Anyway, yeah, that would be that. That would be pretty. I, I could see him being a pretty solid jab thrower. <clears throat> Absolutely, and it's um, really. If I, I'm, a, I'm gonna remember who I was just thinking of and then go, but I'm assuming we're gonna move over to the hammer right yes. now. Yes, and and I and, already know. So I was a hammer thrower. I threw the hammer for eight years, uh, in case anybody listening does not know. And um, it's it's a little bit more of an esoteric event, obviously. It, it doesn't get much of the spotlight or anything. But if there is one individual that I have my utmost confidence in to be a hammer thrower and to be a good one, I am moving over to a man who was born in Amarillo, Texas in 1959, <laughs> And he goes by the name of Kurt Kirkwood, who is the front man for the Brothers Meat, the Meat Puppets. <laughs> yeah. Something I, I think I think Kurt or his brother Chris, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Brothers Meat, I think you plug them in in the hammer throw and great That's things amazing. will happen. I just think the Meat Puppets are the perfect combination. I mean, we've seen him tear the doors off, you know, with their electric stuff. And then, you know, when they joined, when they joined Nirvana, at unplugged, for example, they know how to tone it down. They know how to be precise, and the hammer throw is one of those events where you know at the beginning of of, of your attempt, you have to be very precise and you know kind mm-hmm. of build and you know save the best for later. And you know obviously they know how to they know how to throw their weight around and and, and yeah. bang with the best of them. So I think uh, I think either of the brothers meet would be my the selection. Brothers meet. That's awesome. <laughs> I think we'd have to put them in. Yeah, that's. That was a per- it's a perfect pick, and they, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought those guys into the mix. That's yeah, uh, they deserve that's they deserve their place at the table at the Olympics. That's amazing. They're unsung um, heroes. Yeah, as for the hammer, I. What were the what were the brothers' names for the screaming trees again? Um, I think Gary, um, Drew, cut 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 this out while I while yeah. I find this out because I I should probably know this. You um, you said them earlier, right? No, I, I just said the Connor brothers. Oh yeah, Gary, uh, that, Ga- Gary Lee, and then Van Connor. Since so. you picked the, <clears throat> okay, so. so yeah, I picked the, I picked just, them for the shot put. You can just say the Connor brothers, but yeah, but right, I, so, so we're gonna cut all that and then, yeah. 
Yeah, so it was it was Gary Lee and then Van Connor. So they were the two Connor brothers that um, yeah. formed the Screaming Trees. I, I think you could plug them into any of the throwing events, to be honest with you. Maybe not the Javelin. Yeah, um, I, I think I like I like the Hammer, like like the Hammer Bros, like the you you pick the the brothers meet and go the Connor brothers. Maybe mm-hmm. even get the uh, Stone Temple pilot, the Delea. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dean and uh, Robert Delea. Yeah, Dean and Dean and Robert. Yeah, um, I was thinking what, for Javelin though. I think that. I think that Scott Weiland could be a javelin he, thrower. He he could be. I mean he yep. he was certainly he flexible has, enough. He was flexible yep. enough based I off think of his he has dance the moves. Flare, the flair, the body movement, his ability to kind of like uh, just kind of like I don't know front man. Like and he played football energy. in high school, so he probably has a big arm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that Scott Weiland is going to be our javelin thrower for the team. Yeah, I think I think, I think that's great. I like. I think that a he lot. has the tenacity. He has the like intensity you need because um, it's not it's not for the faint of heart. It's a difficult event. So I'm thinking I'm thinking that he'd be really solid. Absolutely. So um, the grand finale of this exercise is uh, the pinnacle because this is where we get to put the bands up against one another, and that would mm. be the four by four hundred meter relay on the track. Yes. If you could, <laughs> the last event of the Olympics, the last event of all the track meets, it's the four by four hundred. And it's a big team event. It always you always have to have you gotta have a really strong starter, a good you know, a good middle two, and then you gotta have a closer and anchor. And so yeah, so we're gonna do what band would make up the best team? Yes. Which band? Okay. And and I, I think I think for me, unless you can convince me otherwise, I think the the, the, the front runners have to be Soundgarden. I mean, I, mm, I think okay. I think you have, okay. you have you have Kim, Ben, Matt, and Chris all together. Um, I could I could really see um, I could really see Chris leading things off, and I think Kim, you know, Kim is just an assassin. I think Kim would be the anchor. <laughs> um, I mean, you've seen him before. He's got ice water in his veins. You know, when he's up there just ripping solos, he just stands there like a statue and just tears things open. So I think I'd put Chris to lead things off. Um, then I'd probably have Chris hand off to Matt. And then Matt would go to the, to the third leg, which would be Ben, just, you know, chaos everywhere. And Ben, ben would be the wild card, yeah, I mean, because, I mean, he, he could either, you know, run off course a little bit and fall behind because he's not being efficient with his movements. And then when you hand that, when you hand that baton off to Kim, I think Kim, Kim really brings things home. So I, Takes I, think, it home. I, think, I think Soundgarden would be my pick in the grunge 4x400 meter relay. Hmm, that's, that's good. I, uh... It's a good pick. I, I like it. I understand why you picked them, obviously. Um, so for my pick, <clears throat> yeah, I thought about another one that kind of just gut reaction. And I just think when you when you got a four by four team, everybody's got to be close, and you got to be, you know, you gotta, yeah. Try, I don't know. There's got to be good chemistry, Trust, good yeah. Those yeah. exchanges, and uh, <clears throat> and just the fact that. So, I'm going with Pearl Jam. Okay. Because mainly because I just think that. Uh, the few times that we've seen them, the two times that we've seen them, they're just the chemistry on stage and the way they deliver. They're still playing live music. Um, that you know, obviously they're all, yeah, they're all still just crushing it instrumentally. And they're which just drummer? Beautifully, probably not Dave Abrazis, since there was not much no, chemistry no, no. there. Um, no, I'm probably Matt Cameron. Matt Cameron. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking present tense, PJ. <laughs> the present, the, the, pre- the present, I mean, because obviously, I mean, Pearl Jam's deep enough that you have five With members boom. plus Boom as the alternate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah. like if Eddie Vedder pops a hamstring warming up, I mean, well, I, you put Boom Gasper in coming down, you know, coming down that final turn. Well, Boom, Boom is running in the uh, preliminary, so he can get, he can earn his medal. <laughs> like, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and I, yeah, you I'd probably save put, Jeff, Am- Jeff, Jeff Amon's legs a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I'd probably put Eddie as as the anchor. I think, think so, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I put the star at the end of the show. Yeah, I think um, I think, I think Stone Stone would probably be a great you know great great lead off there. You think Stone? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's not he's not he's not gonna blow you away, but you but you're always <laughs> <laughs> because they don't let him solo. Obviously, I mean that's yeah. up to Mike. I mean, he's Stone is there to do a job, and he always does it. You know, he's mm-hmm. not going to, he's not going to, he has you know, the best start. He has the best start. Absolutely. I mean, you, <laughs> you start a Pearl Jam concert with stone leading into release. I mean, that's the same thing. I think he could go in there and, you know, he'll give you, he'll split, he'll split you 46 every single time. Yeah. All right. I liked it. Yeah. I think, I think that's good. So, so who wins? Who wins? Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam or uh sound four by four. <sighs> I mean, I, I mean, I the other the other good. two would the other two would be great, obviously, but uh, I don't know. I think I think it would be. It depends. It depends. Uh, depends where they're competing. Depends where they're competing. <laughs> it also depends when. Um, you know, I mean, I I don't know. For example, if you put 1994 Soundgarden up against 2020 mm. Pearl Jam, I mean, Soundgarden's going to run in circles around them. Yeah, you're um, right. But I mean, if you, I think if, you're right. If you take I, I all think... of these, all of these individuals at their pinnacle, whether it be 91, 92, 94, like if you're of the opinion that they're at their best now, 2021, it doesn't matter. Whoever, whoever they were when they were their best selves, you put them, you put them together. All other conditions being equal, I don't know, man. I just have, I just have too much confidence in Kim to bring it home and the anchor. I think yeah. they'd be, I think they'd be neck and neck. So you're saying it comes down to. You've... It comes down to Kim Thile versus Eddie Vedder in the final <laughs> leg, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think you've swayed me. Uh, I'm just picturing like sound. I'm picturing those four guys lining up against Pro Jam's four guys, and I'm intimidating by Soundgarden. Well, because Chris would probably be one of the stronger runners, so I mean, he could probably yeah. split you. I mean, if he's if he's on, he could probably split 43. you forty-three. <laughs> he split you 44, 44 mid, maybe. And I, I mean, Stone's not going to split that. So coming in that first exchange, you're going to have you're going to have um, Chris is going to hand off to Matt Cameron. I mean, they're going to be yeah. several stride lengths ahead. It's um, Matt Cameron on both uh, both teams. <laughs> we're going to bend time and space to make Matt, this happen. Matt Cameron's on both teams. He's working double time, so he doesn't give a shit who wins. Obviously, yeah. and that, so he's. That, the only wild card would be I don't know who you have running the third leg for Pearl Jam. Ben Shepard is just the wild card. I just don't know what I'm going to get out of him. I mean, I think Matt mm-hmm. Cameron is going to do everything that he can. He's going to be consistent. I just don't know if Ben's going to focus enough on the exchange. He could lose some ground there, and I don't think I don't think I guess Ben McCready, McCready versus Shepard, and yeah, in, I guess the third McCready, leg. Even though I think McCready would be a good opener, but I mean, we already picked Stone for the yeah. opener. So, so, so you're, you're you're going you're going Gossard to uh, Gossard to Cameron to McCready to Vetter. Well, uh, yeah, is Cameron your second leg as well? <laughs> I guess he has. To. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those two guys can, they cancel. So they cancel obviously. each other out, so it doesn't matter. So I still think in that case, Chris Cornell is going to give you a lead over Stone Gossard. Yeah, 
He has to. And then all those things right. being equal, that time disparity is going to remain the same because it's Matt Cameron. So if he's if he's a second and a half behind, it's going to come he's down to Mike McCready versus Ben Shepard. And I think it and depends Mike, on the day with Ben. I don't think he would be the most disciplined in the lane just because no. he wasn't the most disciplined. Uh, so you run the chance of, of getting DQ and, and McCre- and you got running McCready, out of the exchange zone. Yeah. I think, man, I think McCready then, makes it up. But then you have Mike McCready, who spends most of his time playing with his eyes closed. Do you, does he know the track? <laughs> does he know the track that well? Does he know? Yeah. Does he know where he's going out there? <laughs> See, I mean, both of their their skill sets are. It sounds are, like they're handing it. They're handing off at pretty much dead even. Yeah. So. And so we got. It just it just depends. So but I think you picked Kim for a killer. There's a reason. There's yeah. a reason they're both the anchors. There's a reason why Eddie Vedder and Kim Thiel are the anchors to this, uh, to this relay. And, and I don't know. I mean, I just think something about Kim and his demeanor, he's the kind of guy that you don't want to fuck with, you know, like he's not, yeah. he's not, I mean, Eddie's all over the place, high energy. Kim's that kind of guy that before the meet, he's not talking to anybody. He's not yeah. talking to anyone. He's not looking at anybody. He's not. Using he'd rather he'd rather die on the track than lose. Exactly. <laughs> that guy. That I, guy's prepared. I don't think you want to give Kim Thiel any type of bull, bulletin board material. I don't think you want to. You don't want to talk trash to him because I think you're going to regret it. And Eddie Vedder, especially if Eddie Vedder had contested the gymnastics competition maybe a few days beforehand, and yeah, you know, I just I I, I think. I, I think Kim would just be cold blooded. So, do we think Soundgarden wins the the grunge relay? I, I, yeah, I, I think that it it yeah, I think it makes sense. I think so too. It's close. It's very close. Yeah, it would it would be very close, and and I do. Think, I wonder what I wonder what these guys would actually run. I don't know. <laughs> See, if I if I had that type of clout, like if I, I mean, what do you for, think you could run a four hundred? <laughs> I did run a four hundred. I ran a. You four, did a time trial. I did a four hundred. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, in for marathon prep, I had, I had a speed day. So I did. Um, Let I me did, guess with time. I did. I did two. I did uh, two by eight hundred, and then two by four hundred. Um, so if you want to guess my 800 meter time, and then if you want to guess my mm. 400 meter time, I don't. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to offend you. No, absolutely. All. Go ahead and offend me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I'm trying to think of your miles times. Remember, I think that you ran a half mile in um, 220. <laughs> Is that supposed to insult me? No, that's a little bit better. Yeah, that's a, that's a good bit better. My my yeah. my 800 time was 239. 239 okay yeah. i was thinking maybe you got after it but i think i don't know why you would get after it yeah no. that would be not, well, that's my, not my mile insulting. time is 554 so um yeah and i was trying to think i guess that's about 230 and then for your 400 uh i was gonna say yeah probably did you did you get under 70 i wanted to i 72 i came in in 72 yeah oh, okay. so i my my first rep my first rep was 81 and then I had I had, I had to uh, you know give myself a stern talking to, and um, I would, simply unacceptable, Chris. <laughs> I, w- I would be interested if I actually trained to see how fast I could run a four hundred, and I think I could definitely get under seventy. Um, yeah, you know. Oh yeah, I think so too. I, I, I think that I, I love every time that when people talk about track and field. I just want I just want people to go out and run one lap around the track as hard as they can. Yes, and just see what it feels like. And see what kind of time you get, and then compare it. I think that 
it it's, is, it's humbling. It's it's very humbling. It's extreme, extremely humbling. Well, even yes. even from my perspective, and and this is something that I thought about after I time trialed these two uh, these two distances. You know, I've spent the last. 12 years of my life, you know, heavily invested into track and field. And I know a lot of high level athletes, you know, national yeah. champions, national qualifiers, Olympians, you know, what have you. And I'm familiar with what they do, but, you know, have, having, having attempted a 400 meter and having almost spilled my guts trying to run it in 72, it's crazy to think about in college, for example, as a 400 meter runner, you get cut if you're running a 49, yeah. You know, depending on the program. Yeah. And I just want to make, I just want to put it on the record that my hamstrings hurt thinking about running a full lap <laughs> run. I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, and I, and I, I mean, I, I, tra- I haven't trained in two weeks, uh, running disciplines, but like, uh, oh my gosh, my hamstrings would explode. I mean, they always lock up running that, that distance yeah. and that's intensity. If you're running it the right way, I mean, there's going to be an immense amount of fatigue at the end, obviously, uh, you know, with any of these events. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be interesting who <laughs> I know this is the, this is an extension, but today, right now, which member of Pearl jam would run the fastest 400 meter sprint? I'm trying to, I'm I think the think youngest about... one is probably yeah, I was like trying fi- to think about 56. I think, okay. I think stone, I think Eddie might be the youngest. I don't know. Yeah. I would say Eddie probably is. Um, I have, no idea. Probably Bronson Arroyo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, probably uh, Eddie. I think Eddie. I think it would have to be Eddie. I just, I just yeah. can't see any of the other ones, you know, being able to move like that. I, I frankly can't see Eddie being able to move like that. I could, I could see Eddie coming in with like a, I don't know. I think he could run a like a 96, 95 maybe. If you gave yeah. him, a, if you gave him a week to get ready for it. But I'm interested to see. I'm I'm hopeful. Um, we get a lot of great feedback about this podcast, but um, you know more more than any other time throughout the run of this podcast, this is when I want the feedback. I want I want to know what people think in terms of yeah. the, that four four by four hundred meter relay. Who they think uh, would be able to uh, which band would be able to bring it home? You know, maybe we have some Stone Temple Pilots fans out there that might think, you know, Eric Kretz would be a great anchor. Um, you know, maybe who knows? Maybe there's some 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 Creed some Creed individuals out there who think Scott mm-hmm. Stapp, you know, would be able to do that with Jason Tremonti, for example, or you know, maybe maybe Nirvana and Pat Smear could be the X Factor. Uh, you ju- you just never know. You you just you just don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's going to be, uh, you know, Slipknot, <laughs> Joey Jordison. <laughs> the late, great Joey Jordison. Late. Yeah, man. Who, or who knows? Yeah. Be interesting. I know. I was, I, it's, 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 this was a fun practice. And I actually was thinking about like other bands and other eras and whatnot. And yeah. it's always fun to kind of. Uh, who the most athletic attach. band of all time was, for example. Yeah. Maybe that's another episode sometime. Yeah, maybe when we run out of ideas. But uh, if you're it's with us, fun. Yeah, yeah. If you're with us to this point, um, I don't really know what else there is to say. Yeah. Uh, we got, did it again, Chris. You, we went for like a thirty-minute episode. Yeah, we're rolling on sure. about an hour now. So um, <laughs> sorry, Drew. If, if you're still with us, um, you must <laughs> love you. <laughs> us, and obviously we love you. Uh, if you sat through that discussion. Um, you know, we're, we're grateful for your support and you can head over to grungebible.com to find all of the extraneous links, uh, you know, through which to show your support. But before we wrap it up, uh, or I guess to wrap it up, uh, we'll get some songs of the week out there on Mm -hmm. the record. 
Um, and and I'll, I'll just start off right away with mine. Um, <laughs> so my song of the week, I'll just I'll just get right to it. Um, and I posted this band earlier today uh, on Grunge Bible, and my song of the week would be "The Blankets Were the Stairs" by Sunny Day Real Estate. So Sunny Day Real Estate is a band. Um, that had at the time future and now currently former members of the Foo Fighters, including Nate Mendel and William Goldsmith. Um, so this song is off of their 1994 album called Diary. Um, and I believe the most popular song from the, that band's history was uh, In Circles, which is what I posted today. But, um, you know, just kind of like that weird alternative, you know, post grunge, I guess, if you want to call it, I hate that term though. And I hate the fact that I'm using it, but mm-hmm. you know, like weird alternative, like with a hint of emo kind of thing going on. Um, Sunny day of real estate is, you know, one of those bands that had, you know, knew how to bring that sound to you. It's like, it's like if oh, the yeah. smashing pumpkins got like three, like three helpings of emo and just like tossed it on there, I guess yeah. if I were to call it that, but that's, that's my song of the week. Uh, the blankets were the stairs by sunny day real estate. It's a great, great song title, and yeah. and yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that music of the uh, of the times. That's like yeah, super overlooked, yeah. and I tend to overlook it a lot too, since I spend most of my time pre nineteen ninety four for better. What is, or for what worse. is it? Uh, what it, what what? How? What's the best way to describe it? I believe it's shorts plus cargo <laughs> socks equals fire. Is that is that <laughs> absolutely shorts, shorts low top plus, converses plus plus cargo socks. socks yeah knee but, socks yeah, knee socks i was like socks. what the hell and shorts you, plus you, knee socks equal fire usually a shaved guitar. head and then like a giant like puka shell necklace oh, that's yeah. that's the look that we're going for playing a fender jaguar or something like that or an offset oh, jazz yeah. master um all right my song of the week um so i've been i've been playing some more disc golf lately <clears throat> as i usually do once my season ends i get out and play disc so golf si- quite side frequently. Note, how offended do you get when people call it frisbee golf or froth <laughs> uh i you know i i get i get pretty offended <laughs> <laughs> it's my right to be offended they just i just assume actually i don't really get that offended but i i, I do correct people how about that okay that's fair you're very forceful like, with your corrections because i've been I around go, uh, someone's made yeah. that mistake yeah i just i just like i just think that i take it i take it very seriously oh, me and my play pretty competitively and i just you know um it's just like christopher mccandle said uh everything should be called by its right rightful name or whatever he says at the end <laughs> absolutely everything should, Everything should be called by its rightful name. So that's why it's named um, in the first place. That's exactly right. Um, so you've been playing a lot but, of disc golf lately. Yeah, yeah. As I usually do once the season ends, it's my active recovery. A lot of hiking, a lot of good, good fun. And and what we always listen to, we always listen to um, kind of uh, reggae rap and like Sublime, Pepper, um, Dirty Heads, all them. So I've, and it's usually my summer playlist as well. That I love like listening on the beach. So yeah. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of playlists um, by Pepper, and my my song of the week is going to be "Set Sail" by The Movement, and it's just a great, beautiful song, just uh, super catchy, really fun to listen to, and enjoy a good light beer on the beach if you can. I, that's what I'm going to do in a couple of weeks when I go to the Outer Banks, and it's just oh, yeah. it's just a really good uh, feel good song, and you can kind of sing to it. So, and it's just reggae. Uh, reggae rock and it's beautiful. Love it. Been listening to a lot of Sublime recently too, man. So good. Right so on. I'll, That's some good I'll put stuff. those songs on the list and we'll put them uh, up. Hope you guys are following that playlist. 
I don't know if anybody is, but it's fun to compile it. Have you listened to the playlist? Uh, I have, yeah. Bit, I had to download it on my phone. I listen to it's it uh, frequently. It's great. You know, you never. It there's is. a lot of variety on there, uh, which is there is, which is what I appreciate because I, I think you know our musical interests are have a lot of variety, much much to the chagrin of the grunge purists out there, but nevertheless. Awesome. Well, I well, think that pretty do much it. does it. Yeah, that pretty much does it. Uh, one last shout out, as we usually do, Drew. Thank you for putting up, uh, putting up with us and doing another long pod. We'll get this to you tonight. We love you, um, Chris. Any other shout outs? Any other things you want to mention before we head off to watch the men's shot put final? Um, no, that's about it. I'm excited tonight. Uh, looking for a great performance from uh, the three Americans that are in the competition: uh, Ryan Krauser, Joe Kovacs, and Peyton Otterdahl. We're we're definitely excited for that. Uh, it'd be sweet if they could sweep the medal stand, but Tom Walsh, obviously, uh, the from New Zealand, is in the mix. But I'm excited for that. Otherwise, looking forward to catching up with everybody next week when we are another week older. Um, maybe not another week wiser, probably another week dumber, but that's just the way she goes. Yeah, the good times are killing us, Chris. The good times are going for the jugular. We're going to try to hold okay. them off just a little bit longer. Yeah. Big weekend. We're excited to check in next week and see Absolutely. what you ended Hopefully up, I'll have two shows under my belt. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, friends, I think that'll do it, and we will catch you guys next week. Thank you. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Rock and roll.